And you know who's going to give you a discount curling. You know who's going to give you a discount curling. Curling, you know the discount coming curling. <laughs> Putting in that early. Hopefully you Not remember me. in the next couple of years. No, absolutely. Um, you know, Blue Touch production, yes. 100? You know, yes. <laughs> Sometimes I know exactly what you're going to say. Every single month, your bank account is overdrawn. The world is a business. A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed. Walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. You mean like Democrats? Well, we both agree that must be the reason. Why not let the folks themselves ask for something that they like to hear? We are knee-deep in a pool of stagnation. No, 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 wait a minute, friends. You don't want to hear that, do you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah! Hey, guys, welcome to Objectively Incorrect. My name is Stephen Smith. I'm your host, as usual. The other guy, he took in sex, so I'm the one filling it. Okay, guys, there's no other guy. It's just me. It's just me. It's just me. And today I'm joined with Curlin Williams, who is a financial associate at a hedge fund in New York. She is one of my oldest friends and one of my dearest friends. I swear, when we get together, we talk for like five hours and it eats up like almost a whole day. <laughs> for hours. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, for hours, Stephen. For hours. We're for- supposed to be in a far hour. And then have lunch, and we actually spoke for five hours, and then we were on a starvation diet. <laughs> yes, and we I don't, we we had what, a cookie. That's what. That's what you know, okay. next time, next time we ain't doing that. Next time we're gonna just order the food, <laughs> and just expect that we not just expect that we're gonna be there. Well, let's just let's just let's just we we all enough know to like know what's happening. We see the pattern. Absolutely. All right. So, Curlin, as usual, we're going to do our fact of fiction first. So, what you have, we have five statements, and you're going to say if they're true or if they're false. You ready? Sure. Okay, let's do it. All right. Number one. U.S. paper money is made of the world's most durable paper. U.S. paper money is made of the world's most durable paper. True or false? False. Oh man, you false. Okay, so what is money made of? You know what money is made of? Um, it's fibers, some sorts of fibers. Curlin, you're gonna win this game, you. Yeah? No. Curlin gonna win this game, and it is actually false. So Curlin, that's the first one, right? It's made of seventy-five percent cotton. Yeah. Twenty-five percent linen. <clears throat> and in in Ben Franklin's death, it's an interesting fact. In Ben Franklin's death, people repaired torn bills with needle and thread. That is crazy. I can't imagine somebody giving me a needle and trick. Like, hey, 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 take this back. This ain't good no more. We ain't recycling this no more. Take this out of circulation immediately. So, Curlin, so far you have one of one. Okay. So, let's go to the second one, number two. At the time of his death, Muammar Gaddafi was the richest person in the world. True or false? Okay, Gaddafi. Yes. He was the richest person. In the world is what you said? At the time of his death? At the time of his death. Gaddafi. Mm-hmm. Mama. Uh, Mama Gaddafi. Man. Um, okay. So, like, the, the, the reality is I, I've never heard that as, as being a thing. So, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's false as well. It's actually true. 
Right. Yes, he the okay. Libyan the That's Libyan right. revolutionary politician. But you know what's funny is that nobody, as you said, nobody has ever spoken of this. Like when I found this fact, I was like, is this true? Why went through, went through, went through, went through, and found some some stories about it. And it's amazing that the world had to take down the richest man in the world. The superpowers had to say, hey, look, this guy got too much. And then it, it brings into question all of the accusations made about him. Let me read something about him. He said, yes, he was worth over $200 billion. Wow. Unlike Abdullah and the other oil-rich leaders, Gaddafi invested little money in national infrastructure like schools, hospitals, and any kind of economic diversification. What money Gaddafi did spend went largely to buy support from African leaders. Well, much of his money was held by government institutions like the Central Bank of Libya and the Libyan Investment Authority, Gaddafi was able to withdraw money at will. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. You got access to over $200 billion. Meanwhile, we're here hyping up um, Jeff Bezos for crossing over $100 billion. Yo, this is crazy. I'm back in the day, you know, $200 billion is probably um, worth a lot more in, than, you know, $200 billion today. So, Well, I mean, this was pretty recently, I think. I think Gaddafi was pretty recent. He died in, he was assassinated in 2011. I mean, it still would be more now. That would be a 50% increase. That would be like $230 billion. And if at the trajectory he was going, it might have been even more than that. But I've never mm-hmm. heard that fact. And I found it interesting. I've never, I've never heard it either. Oof. Well, <laughs> all right. One for one, Stephen. Let's, let's one, one for one. Let's do it. So three, <laughs> the Japanese yen is the oldest currency still in use. True or false? The Japanese yen is the oldest currency still in use. So... I want to say that the answer is true. Um, <sighs> Stephen. <laughs> All of these I are money to, facts. You know what? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's fine. That's fine. I'm going with true. If I fail... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to back me off? <laughs> but I'm going with true. It's false. <laughs> What's the oldest currency? The pound sterling is the world's oh. oldest currency still in use. The pound is 1,200 years old. Bond, and how old is the end? The end, you, you know, I don't know. I could pull off a search for it and see um, <laughs> how old. Because I just make up that, you know, that's like, how old is the end? It was, I don't so even think it's in like... The, the, said, and the funny thing is, if you had said any other currency, I probably would have said that it was, um, that it was false. But I was like, the yen boy, the yen, the yen, old yen. There's an old yen. It was 8th century to present. Yeah. It's 8th so century. Currency. But I, I had no clue that the, the, um, the, pound. the sterling was the oldest. Pound sterling, <laughs> crazy. But you see, the thing is, what happened is with the yen, there was the old yen and there's the new yen. They no longer use the same currency they used before. Gossip, gossip. Yeah. So even though the old there was a there was a currency that was functioning, they completely disbanded that and they started using a different sort of currency. But the pound sterling is still the pound sterling, and it still and retains the same. You value. any other currency, and I would have said false. But anyway, let's go. Let's. Go. I was I was I was trying to be smart, girl. I'm confident. I'm confident. <laughs> Okay. Uh, of course, I have to win the other two in order to win, hey, but let's go. <laughs> yeah, you have to get two of them right in order to win. You know what's funny? Um, what? They say, this is something else. Um, Barnabas 775.80, when sterlings are silver pennies, 
were the main currency in Anglo-Saxon kingdoms. If you had 240 of them, you had one pound in weight. That's where they got pound sterling from. Nice, the nice, sterlings, nice. the sterlings were the pennies, like the, the like the like the dollars. But one pound, once you had one pound of them, which is two hundred and forty, you had All one right. pound in weight, one pound sterling, which makes sense. Finally, understand what sense. the pound means because that was weird. <laughs> but also, in the in those days, one pound of these pennies was a vast fortune in the eighth century. Oh. Vast. Well, we. We can see why that makes sense, right? Yes. Through inflation. <laughs> Through inflation. That's crazy, right? Okay, so number four. Okay. 15% of the world's currency is in cash. True or false? 15% of the world's currency is in cash. Colin, I feel like I give you a hard, a hard one. Yeah, I think so too. But that's okay. Listen, I'm super resilient and that's okay. If I lose, I lose. <laughs> it's Don't all lose, Colin. We ain't about that losing life. <laughs> of the world um all right so i think the answer is false and it is false only eight percent of the world's currency is in cash i was about to, it's probably i was gonna guess that it was about five percent oh wow um, you you know you yeah. might be you might be on the right track because we are vastly oh like we in terms of cash we are yeah. dropping the use of cash. Like right now, credit cards, debit cards, more credit cards than debit cards, checks and transfers account for most of the world's wealth. Absolutely. So, and all of those submit, all of those that are just called, all of those are um, electronic forms of currency. Banknotes mm -hmm. and coins only make up 8% of the global total. Amazing. Yeah. All right. So, last one. Curling, this is it. No pressure. <gasps> But no pressure. Number five. <laughs> Pocahontas was the first woman to grace the US dollar bill. True or false? Pocahontas was the first woman to grace the US dollar bill. Uh, um, Stephen. Yes. Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So first of all... Mm. Pocahontas must be a fictional character, <laughs> but it sounds so ridiculous. <laughs> so ridiculous because I feel like one of those things that um that it's so ridiculous that it 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 almost supposed to be true. Um, it's up to oh. you, darling. It's up to you. Um. Okay. So. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb and say true. It is true. <laughs> the Native American heroine appeared on the $20 bill during the, the 1860s. It's true. And you're right. It's something that is so ridiculous. <laughs> it is so ridiculous. That is just and like, man, this garbage woman. Ridiculous. <laughs> but it's funny, you know, I, I vaguely remember reading something that I thought actually didn't dig into the um to the article. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago when they were um when the US was was contemplating putting um uh Harriet Tubman mm -hmm. on Which she will be on the she in in twenty twenty. Yeah. Next year she'll be on it. right. But when they were first thinking about it, I remember seeing something 
um, about Pocahontas. And I didn't dig into the article because I thought it was one of those, like, um, kind of, Not you fact. Know, yeah, it had to be some not, ridiculous. facts thing. Um, or some sort of, like, joke, some sort of blog or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. And you won. You won the game. Finally. <laughs> I mean, finally, it's like you've been playing it for a long time. You've been playing no. it? Well, because I have been playing it, um, you know, from my seat, listening to your other... Or the other podcast. And you <laughs> lost? <laughs> okay, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Um, what do you think is like... I mean, and, and I know this can probably have a weird um, answer, but... What would be the perfect time for you? Like, what would, in terms of marriage and, you know, kids, what is, like, your perfect, most optimum timeline? You could include your job in there somewhere, too, because I know your career means a lot to you. You mean, you mean context-wise? So it's not necessarily, if, if it's an age, it's an age. Mm. But if it's, like, somewhere that I am in my professional career kind of thing? Yes, that, that kind of way, yeah. I actually don't have a perfect timeline. I don't think I've ever had a perfect timeline. Mm. Um, as a matter of fact, <clears throat> um, I think I live my life in probably any every other aspect very and pretty much, um, I guess, planned. But in terms of marriage and that sort of thing, <clears throat> as a matter of fact, someone had to remind me the other day that um, I my biological clock would... <laughs> Is ticking. <laughs> um, and then I had to remind them that we are in the age of people getting children at 50. Oh, but, no. um, but really, that, that's probably one part of my life that I feel like I don't have like a strict clock on. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I think you said it right. I'm all about personal development first and foremost. So it's like um, that's kind of my driver. Mm-hmm. Um and <laughs> I think at some point I'll feel like, hmm, wow, this is a good place and maybe I should get married or mm-hmm. um, maybe maybe marriage is the natural next step. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point in my life and prior to this point in my life, I've just been in a sense hustling. <laughs> in a sense hustling. But then, do you think, do you think like normally because... Some of us have do have timelines. I, I could share my radio. Like I, I would love to be married. I'm now 32. In the next three years, like I would like to, I would like to get this thing sealed on. Like anywhere between now and then, and you know maybe two years after that, that would be 37. Goddamn, um, mm-hmm. 37. It would be nice if I could start getting some kids. The thing is, I think for me, um, my career is important. Yes, but. As well as that, I think my family life is also important. And, and that's something that I kind of reach for. Um, I'm not so sure if you think the same, but what, what do you think about, like, our generation in terms of marriage? Do you think, like, marriage is still, like, a big deal to most people? Or is, like, it's, like, whatever? Well, um, okay, politically correct. <laughs> I hope you're not too politically correct here, Curling, because... We want Yannis' no. opinion. Man, why are you out here trying to become the president of the United States? And this is no, one no, of no. your this is one of your platforms. No, no, no. Uh-huh. But no, on, on a serious note though, um, especially growing up in the Caribbean, um, I feel like <clears throat> marriage for some people wasn't a big deal. Like, um, I think you know, for you, you grew up in um in a in a household with a with 
with happily married parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but think about your friends and think about um, and the people that you know and how much of them really grew up in a household that that were that had married parents. That's true. Right? Uh-huh. So, it's true. So yeah. I usually challenge people with that and say, yes, it is. I do believe that um, millennials, they don't want to be labeled and all the things. And some of that comes with, yeah, yeah, I don't want to be labeled as a, as, as a husband mm-hmm. or as a wife or as a married um, couple or whatever the things. But again, growing up in the context that we grew up in, I want to challenge you and say that there's a lot of, single parent families, mm-hmm. right? In the Caribbean. And some of the parents, <clears throat> some of it wasn't that your, your your parent, like like in the US, that your parent was in jail or dead. It was that your father lived around the corner. Yeah. And <clears throat> your siblings. Mm-hmm. True, 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 true. They were those, yeah. Yeah. Or, or you didn't know who your father was. Um, in, some, in some cases, you didn't know who your mother was because you lived with your grandmother, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I think, especially for Caribbean people, um, because I didn't grow up in the U.S., I could only speak about my conversations with people as I know here. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, especially in the Caribbean, I don't know if it is that marriage is not such a big deal to people or if it is that we're just carrying on the legacy that was before us, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. That's true. The thing is, it's weird. And, 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 and I agree 100%. And I almost want to ask you the question because you are an actuary, right? And That's an actuary, but go ahead. Is what? I studied, I studied actuarial science. Yes. This is like being a lawyer. It's like the difference between being a lawyer and going to law school, okay. right? Like, Good point. Yeah. You're right. But I, I actuarial science, um, and I work in in a quantitative hedge fund. So there is a lot of things that I learned in school that is applicable. But I'm not an actuary. Okay, but you you, you study actuarial science, and you still benefit from the knowledge of you know dealing with finance, understanding patterns in in business, and so on. That that's generally. It, am I in the same ballpark, or am I am I too far off still? No, no, no. You're not too far off. No, we got it right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, good. Come here, want me? Me want be out here promoting you as no lawyer. And when you know you only went law school, you yeah, passed the bar, and you're just like you're just kind of here, being an associate. You know, I don't wanna, I won't wanna, you know, forego being politically correct when it comes to your job. But the question I wanna ask you is this, and it's something that I saw, and it's something that I saw on 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 the web, and I'm not so sure if it's true or if it's, and, and you could just give me your judgment, call on what you think. I was reading that um, married people tend to make more money over the course of their lifetime, right? And that's yeah. that's just what I read. I, I don't know yeah. what, what what do you think? Do you think that this is something that that could be grounded in some kind of truth? Do you see some relevance in it? Is it just um, poppycock? What, what do you think about what do you think about that statistic? Is it is it? And I don't even know if it's a statistic. It's something that I read. That's that's all I, I say. Do uh. you think that it is? A hundred percent true. It's a hundred percent true. Jesus. <laughs> I, yes, that's that's my thought. Uh-huh. Um, on, on an average basis, so I believe that the average married couple or average married people make more money over their lifetime. Um, and the reason is, think about it this way. By the way, I'm a huge fan of Dave Ramsey. I know p- probably people. Yes. <laughs> I I also listen to Dave Ramsey. I- I should not be promoting other people. But I also listen to Dave Ramsey. That's all I'll say. He is my spirit animal. But anyway. He's aggressive then. That means you're aggressive curling. 
Yeah, it's again, spirit animal. Mm. I am I am not always aggressive, but I am super aggressive when I need to be. So I got you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yes, he actually speaks a lot about this mm. and um, think about it from a logical perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, imagine shacking up, right? As he calls it too. Imagine mm. shacking up, which is you living with um, a significant other, mm-hmm. um, but because you guys have not committed, usually something in your psyche a lot of things in your psyche um, also does not gel together, right? So you both have student loans. You both have, um, you know, separate bills. If you're smart, I usually say. Yes, <laughs> um, you, smart. Some, smart. Some, people, some people who are shacking up will also maintain their second residence, mm. right? So that's for whatever reason, again, because you have not taken that step to marriage, there's always this kind of ha foot half in the door, foot outside the door kind of situation where it's like, okay, well, if this person tells me to leave their property, I need to make sure that I have somewhere else to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like you have a backup plan, so you're not all in. Absolutely. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that marriage people don't have backup plans, but you would see that kind of behavior more so in persons who are not married, but quote-unquote shacking up. True. Mm-hmm. So what that also means is that in instances where you would be consolidating bills, right? Yes. You're unable to do so. <laughs> you're unable. And therefore, instead of paying potentially $1,000 for your rent, I'm paying 1000 still, and the person that I'm with is still paying $1,000, as opposed to us saying, okay, this is our house. This is, you know, mm-hmm. we're moving forward together. And I will pay half. Ever. Mm-hmm. And let's split the $1,000 into half. And so we're both paying 500, 500, and we're potentially saving the thousand dollars. True. That <laughs> it would have been spent outside. Spending. Mm. So you can see that there's only one, and that's only one example of, you know, perhaps the dozen bills that you share between, you, you have between each other. True. Right. So you can see where quickly that number, that's a, that thousand dollar number could escalate, um, you know, maybe three or fourfold. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. So you again, savings and investments is another way that you could acquire wealth. And one of the most important ways for you to to um, acquire wealth, acquire wealth over your lifetime. Mm-hmm. So if you're eating up cash, even if it is five, you know, five years of your life prior to getting married, assuming that the next step is naturally marriage. Think about compounding interest. Mm-hmm. You would have for five years, quote unquote, wasted, <laughs> you know. Thousands of dollars, whereas you could have been saving and or investing those thousands of dollars um, that would have compounded over a longer period of time. Boy, and you know, I I also listen to Dave Ramsey. Um, I also watch his YouTube channel um, more than more than listen to his podcast. But um, and one thing I I keep getting because he he has very similar themes in in some of his in some of his um, dialogue. It's some very similar. Yeah. And one thing he keeps saying is the bank would always rather spread the risk over two adults that farm one community than to spread yeah. the risk over multiple individual people. Like uh, it, and even uh, down here, I mean, I don't know if how it works in America, but in sync it's specifically um married people and especially married people with children are at the top of the list when it comes to housing. Like this is not a question mark. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But but think about it. It makes sense, right? Like two two persons who don't share the same household, who are friends or, or 
acquaintances or some distant family members or even mother and father, some, you know, mother or father to a child, right? Mm. There is some commitment, but it's kind of loosey-goosey commitment, right? Like if you're married and or you have children, mm. there is double and triple the commitment there because even if you do get a divorce, you know, the day after you sign on a mortgage, you have kids, right? Mm. And the idea is that you're going to do the best that you can for your children, hopefully collectively. <laughs> there's still a mutual, there's still a mutual understanding, a mutual investment to have. Absolutely. Mm. Right. So you could think about it. That it absolutely makes sense. Whereas you would have an acquaintance. And so you would see those kind of things where, you know, I want to go to school. I find somebody to sign a loan for me and then perhaps, you know, hard times hit me or I just decide I'm not going back to seeing kids and therefore decide that I'm also not going to pay my loan. Mm. And I'm like, oh, well, my friend, gone, he going to figure it out. Oh, snap. <laughs> Which happens more often than you think. It happens a lot. <laughs> it happens a lot. It happens a lot, man. But if there was a child in, in the midst, mm -hmm. then you have to think, okay, well, the, 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 my, my child mother have to go and bear this burden, this financial burden, which might trickle down on my child. Mm -hmm. You know, so you would have more of a, of a resistance to An that incentive sort of to help. Mm -hmm. I could see, I could see the thing. I mean, I could also see the political standpoint of it. And I think I talked to one of the guests I had on the other day. We spoke a little bit about it in terms of, you know, if you look at it by beer numbers, supporting a, a, a household, a household that has two um, individuals, two adults that are raising three kids, you know, the, old, the eldest one might be 15, close to voting age. Like you could influence three voters for the price of one visit versus having to have a whole community of single people and one visit to one house is equal to one possible vote. You see what one I'm saying? I mean, I mean one possible vote. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the thing is, like, the reason I said this is because I know of a situation where there's a household um, in my home village that has, not the current village I live in, but my home village, that has 10 adults, mm -hmm. 10 Ooh. working adults. And of course, you know, <laughs> when it comes to visitations, mm -hmm. that is a one ball pack hit away from nine potential votes. And I, I don't mean to bring in the political, but it just, it, 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 it functions on so many levels, even in terms of divorce. Like having, if you have a divorce or if you have a family that, that goes through a divorce, again, as you said, there's still a mutual benefit. There's still a mutual investment to have had with the offspring of that house. So, I mean, mm -hmm. you, it's not to say like, or even, let, let not, let's not say divorce. Let's say somebody dies. You know what I mean? If, if you're only in some common law thing, if you're in a common law relationship, are you shacking up? And you, yeah. you don't have any kids, nothing. There's nothing that befalls you in terms of property or anything. It's very difficult for you to claim that. That's a, that's a struggle. Absolutely. Where, where you might have been literally investing into that household for years. 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 Just <laughs> your name, your name is on the property, right? Mm. Because you just, you know, again, you, you just kind of roll in with the punches mm. and you weren't married. So you're not next in kin. Right? Exactly. So exactly. You're not next in kin. So whenever yep. this person's financial estate is divvied up, like yep. it's going to be, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be incredibly, it's not impossible. Yeah, absolutely. But it is, it is difficult. When it comes to that, it's difficult. 
But Curlin, I want to ask you something. I mean, and, and, and this is probably right along the lines. And sorry to hit you and bombard you with a lot of money questions, but I think that you you are um you are in you're you're in the department, you're in the the, the um the sector to deal with 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 money. And okay. I know that you are a very creative person and you've grown up like, you know, as a creative individual. And you're probably one of, you know, a big supporter of our creative community. And, and I want to ask you straight point blank, what are we doing wrong with this money, Curling? Like, what are we really doing? Like, straight, like, like no BS, no, 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 no politically correct, nothing. Like, straight, hit hard, hit hard. What are we doing wrong in our small community when it comes to money? In what, in what respect? In the investment, you know, in, in terms of our investment portfolios and investing and so on. What are we doing wrong? What are we thinking how, are, how, are, how is it that we're thinking and getting it wrong when it comes to investments? Um, I can think of a couple of things. Let me let me preface my statements and statements by saying that I do not <laughs> consider myself expert. I like to tell people that's all the time. I think I have amassed some knowledge. Some, I think that there's still a lot for me to learn. But let me start by saying that. Every preface. genius that ever was always prefaces their <laughs> arguments with that statement. So... <laughs> Okay, Stephen. But um, I th I can think of a couple of things that I think we're doing. Um, well, let me don't say that we're doing them wrong. I think we're not doing them at all in some cases. Um, so one of the things that even the U.S. right has not done pretty well is um, enforcing in the young children um, about the value of money at a very early age, right? Um, again, um, <clears throat> Stephen, you grew up in, um, uh, you know, a two-person, two-adult I grew up. I grew up with my parents, Curling. You could just say, Curling, come on. I grew up with just my parents. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but again, because we just had this conversation about, you know, most persons grew up, I think, grew up in saying it's in a single-parent family. Um, I think even in St. Kitts, we have a huge problem. And even when you grow up with, um, you know, your parents, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe I should ask you the question. Do you think that your parents taught you about the value of money at an early age? Um, not in the, not in a way that I think would have, um, would have assisted me in my endeavors today. I don't think, you know, like the, the biggest, the biggest dichotomy that I experienced, and I'm, I'll be short about it so you could continue, but the biggest dichotomy that I had is that my mom believed in a different philosophy to my father when it comes to money. My father was very much, a, um, is very much a saver. You know, he's right. very much of a prudent kind of guy, whereas my mom would be more or less, you know, this money only going to come in once, let's make sure we live it up. Like she's <laughs> more of that. She's more of that kind of, dead with your money <laughs> yeah she's more of the why what are you doing like balance even if she wants to hint at balance more sir like right don't just save all spend some that's but my mother's you, philosophy mm. did what you just what you just pointed out right was that something that you realized as you grew a little older or were those lessons that were being taught to you intentionally taught no, to no, you no, as a child. No, 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 not never, never, not intentional. They're just, they're things that are picked up over time. Right, and that is my point, <laughs> right? Um, <clears throat> I think in addition to being taught, you know, cleanliness and, um, you know, grooming and that sort of thing. In the Manners. House, 
spirituality, that sort of thing. Mm. One of the things that we don't do a very good job of is instilling in our children, intentionally instilling in our children, the value of money, right? Mm. And what and 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 how to handle your money, right? Mm. Um, I think we had this conversation sometime back where I was telling you, you, you know, I if and when I have children, right? One of the things that I would want to do is to pay children to do house chores. And it is not that I am paying them because I want them to do the house chores. Whether I pay them or not, they have to do that. Right? No choice. To allow them to, un- to, to, at an early age, understand, one, a work ethic. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, get tangible money in their hands. Right. Mm-hmm. This is not a oh, you know, during Christmas time, I give you a hundred dollars and you're going to spend all. This is you're you're frequently getting cash in your hand, which you would do if you're working adult, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And to instilling in them the importance of saving, right? So if you get twenty dollars, right, mm-hmm. you know, you should be able to save more than you know thirty percent of that that twenty dollars, oh, right? And the idea there is I remember growing up and I remember I had this one person in my life whose mother didn't make much money, but she was such an avid saver. I mean, literally at one point I said, man, this woman does make a pence and she could save a pence. Wow. (laughs) She's just that good. Mm -hmm. And what I find a lot of is that there's a lot of people both in St. Kitts and overseas where one, they don't know how to handle money. They don't know how to save. They don't know the importance of saving and investing, right? Mm -hmm. And so you would find somebody who's making, you know, what we would call a lot of money, $100,000 or even more. Mm -hmm. And they're always broke. They're always owe somebody money. They're always asking people for money. And that's Mm -hmm. not because they don't have a healthy relationship with money, Mm -hmm. right? And I feel like at its core, that is one of the problems is that when you learn about money is when you don't start to make money, right? Like, make money as an adult which that's is true. in my in from from my perception that's way too late it's right a, it, so is. It, is. it is is that they're starting to um add more courses i think at the i'm not sure if it's at the primary school level but definitely at the middle school and high school level mm-hmm. where they're learning about money right and how to like the economics of money right mm-hmm. this, the, the idea of saving and investing and that sort of thing and again the thought there is that you don't want to wait until the child is you know an adult and yeah. <laughs> and want to spend off all the money and they see that they, they was making the money before you know but now you're giving them three thousand dollars a month and, and they have to, no idea what to do right but to spend off absolutely the other thing that we spoke about Stephen, which is, again, a big deal in the U.S., is credit. And so, again, when the child turns 18, not only are they now making money and they don't know the value of money, but they're now, are, they're now getting all these emails <clears throat> and paper mails offering them credit. True. Right? And they don't know, <laughs> they don't know about credit. Have no they clue. Money. And so for them, they're like, oh, yes, now I make $3,000 and I have, you know, $3,000 in credits. I'm going to spend all. True. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think that's one of the things that we're not doing well. We're not educating kids um, very early about the value of money and about, um, you know, just the economics of it all. Um, I think the other thing that we're not doing <clears throat> is that um, I think 
home, we used to have a lot of pension plans and that sort of things. Mm. Um, and I, my understanding is that that's really not the case unless you work for government anymore. Um, there probably should be someone who who should get up and try to educate people about pension plans and so on, because I think um, our generation mm-hmm. of people, especially those that are working in the in the private sector, mm-hmm. gonna have a pretty hard time come come retirement. But you know what's funny is, um, I mean, and it's not to be esoteric or anything about that, but like um, people tend to believe, and and I think it's a strong, maybe even false belief that. They don't even make enough money to retire. Like I don't know if it's like if it's a thing that happens in the U.S. I mean, you're you're in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's something that you observe in the U.S. But down here, like I remember when I was younger, my grandmother never worked, and I had a friend who, who whose grandparents stopped working after a certain time. Um, they lived in the same house with his parents, right? <clears throat> and they stopped working. They retired. I don't know when last I hear somebody said they're retiring. You know, it's 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 like the the constant grind of it all. It's like they're gonna stay working until until they can't lift up a finger anymore. And I, I'm not so sure if it is that people feel like you know it's not enough money. Um, mm-hmm. it's like they're living kind of it's a kind of hand to mouth scenario, hand to mouth situation. I'm not saying this is not self inflicted in some cases, but we reach to such a level that. You know, it's like we just got to survive till tomorrow. Like, we, we perception of, of, of wisdom is is linked to the next 24 hours, maybe even next week. Yeah. And, and again, for me, I mean, that person that you were referring to just moments ago, mm-hmm. that person, I'm sure, is, you know, between 60s and 70s. Yes. And so likely, whatever private and or government um, sector that they were working in, was offering them a pension plan. So if they do decide to retire, they are probably going to get pension mm. and some social security. Mm. That is not going to be the case for the vast majority of the no, persons. No, it's not. No, it's not. Right? It's and so if you're saying that this person doesn't want to retire, can you imagine what's going to happen to us? Mm. Right? <laughs> because not only were, were we not forced, again, more so persons within the private um, sector, Mm-hmm. We're not forced to have pension plans anymore, and our pension plans don't just come with, um, you know, the company that you're working for, no, and that was don't. even years ago. Okay. So, again, education, right, mm-hmm. is a is a big part of it because people are not. I think people are just kind of saying, oh, "Okay, okay, well, I don't have a pension plan, but I have some social security. Um, okay, well, hopefully, I can live off of the social security." And, and you really uh, can't. And you really and, and that's <laughs> you, you really and can't kind of wakes up and per, again perhaps it take it's going to take a, a pension company and I know they had um like American something some years ago that that British went British American British American that mm-hmm. went under mm-hmm. but it probably needs another to come and basically say listen guys you know likely when you when you finish working this is how much social security you're gonna get based on inflation this is how much a dollar is going to be worth in 20 you know 50 right Mm. when 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 you likely want to retire um and you're not going to be able (laughs) to to retire no not on that you're not going to be able to live off of this so here's an option if you can pay into this annuity right Mm. 
this is an option where no, you're gonna get an additional call it a thousand dollars or whatever the thing is when mm. you're when you're sick, when you're at the age of retirement mm. that will help the situation, right? The, the thing is, we don't even you you mentioned something decent just now, and I think I want to expand on it because I don't think people really understand. I was in the the um. I was in the, the grocery store yesterday and I was talking to a friend of mine, an old friend of mine. And I said, you know, it's funny that every single year I think the, um, our money is depreciating. Uh, what do I call it? What do I call that? Um, yeah, inflation. It, it, well, I hate, I, I, I think that's one of the most misleading terms, but it is the correct term. Every <laughs> year, right, we experience about what? It's 3% inflation? Just about, Just yes. about. On average, it's, I think it's about 3%. Every five years, it's 15%, right? Um, on average, I don't know if people really understand what that means, and I don't know if people really understand what that what that is saying to you because yep. it's three percent less value that you get on on your dollar. So if last year you could have bought a hundred dollars worth of groceries, this year you're gonna be able to buy with a hundred dollars ninety seven dollars worth of groceries. And, and I think that's the simplest way I've ever heard it um, said. In in the next um, five years. The hundred dollars that you would have had under your bed will be worth like what? That's that's eighty five dollars, right? That's that's right. the general perspective. Now, if you're not receiving three percent every year on your salary, all you're doing is you're working for three percent less money every single year, absolutely in perpetuity. And then I ask the question of <laughs> when? When is it? That people are going to catch this because you're going to be working in the private sector, not paying social security, not paying anything, not paying, not paying into a program that's going to help you to have money in your latter part of your years. You're supposed to be paying social security. Let's set that. Okay, let's set that. Hey, I'm going to say it. There's, there's some businesses that there's some I, small businesses that it's and, and the thing is. I could understand it's illegal. Yes, it is. Um, I could understand. That's all I'll say. I understand. Right? I'm not saying it's it's not it's it's probably horrible, but it, I understand. Um, but beyond that, you got some people. Let's not say that pain social security. They said there's there's some people, and there are a lot of people who don't have a retirement plan. Do, yep. They they don't have one. They they're 40 years old. Don't have a retirement plan. Have no retirement. And I'm not talking about just a plan in an insurance company. I'm talking about a plan in general. There's nothing that, they don't have an idea of what they're going to do when they are old. Yep, absolutely. And meanwhile, they're not getting a bonus. They're not getting an, an, an increase every year of at least 3% to combat the fact that their money is being inflated or devalued by 3%. I rather the word devalued because I think that is an appropriate word. I don't know where the Americans have come up with these words. Inflation don't sound like a good thing. Inflation is a bad thing. <laughs> it tells somebody, hey, you're experiencing 3% inflation. Oh, that in, I'm inflating? I'm growing? No, that's not what it means. It means you're depreciating by 3%. I think part of it comes from the, the idea that the prices are being inflated by 3% every year. So that's where really, the... It's term. basically the prices are being inflated, but your money, by definition... Is being deflated. Uh, Deflated. Conversely, <laughs> and truly, but I mean, this is a situation, and that, that, and you you speak on it, and I think you're you're, you're talking the, the observations are amazing because it's true. We have no idea what some some of us have no idea what we're gonna do when we're fifty years old. We have no idea what we're gonna do when we're sixty five. No idea what we're gonna do when we're seventy five. I guess we're hoping that some of us hoping that there will be a global 
basic income, a universal basic income by that point, and it wouldn't matter if we work yes or no, we'd still be able to live our lives. I don't to be honest with you, I don't even I don't even think that's what when I say we, I mean the collective. I don't think I don't even think that's what we're thinking. I think you you said something earlier about um kind of just living for the next twenty four hours mm-hmm. and I think that's exactly that's exactly why we're operating the way that we are, because um, we're not edu- we're not the, the vast majority of us. We're not educated um, as to kind of the reality of what it's going to be when we retire. And so in our minds, we're like, oh, well, our mother retired and our, our grandmother retired and our grandfather retired. But their situation was different. Right. It, it they had a pension plan. They had a forced pension plan and or, you know, some sorts of government initiatives. Um, and the vast majority of saying it's, well, I don't know where's the percentage, but at least half of saying it's, I feel they don't work for the government. That's true. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, some of them work for Rams, you know? And and, and a lot and some of them, they're working for the Christoph Harbors and so on that supposedly should be paying a little bit more than government. Um, and instead of um, the foresight of saying, okay, well, you know, let me make sure that I, you know, open some sort of pension plan. <clears throat> um, it is more so that, okay, well, I have more money, so I'm going to spend more money, mm-hmm. right? And that's just the reality of it. I I hear very little people speak up, you know, talk about, oh, you know, let me let me try and, you know, with this additional income, let me let me try and get a house and um and use that as some sort of investment property, right? Mm-hmm. I uh, there isn't. There is this concept of um, a stock market home, mm-hmm. um, but there's not a lot of people like in the US, right? Investing you know, that, 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 it, that are investing in it, right? Especially, it usually, especially the, the common person. Yeah, it is usually the Mr. So-and-so is what yes. I was going to say. But yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. It's true, it's true. Yeah, you absolutely hit it on the nail on the, the, the head because it's usually the, the Joneses, right? There is There are some people who... Um, you know, are forward thinkers and, you know, would buy a couple of stocks from, you know, cable and wireless mm-hmm. or whatever the case is. But that's by far not the majority of the people. No. So you're saying that I don't have a pension plan. I'm not investing for my future. I'm not saving for my future. Oh, we don't know. <laughs> by curling, I'll be honest with you, right? Let me, let me, we, we in such a commu- a, a consumerist uh, a, a, a culture con- cons- consumed by consumerism that people would make a double salary at the end of the year. like And, and it has happened for the last, I think, three years. I, mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong. I think it's three years. Um, the last three years, we've, well, not we've, because I don't work for the government, but government workers have received a double salary and on every December, okay, for the last three years. Everybody's hoping that this could be the culture forever. Um, I am not, uh, I'm not on their monthly salaries. Doubled. Yes. Their monthly salaries that doubled for just that one month. I don't want to say the monthly salaries doubled for the next year because that is not the case. They just get one extra salary in December. That's the best <laughs> way to see it. And the way I, I almost feel, and this, this is going to be a little, you know, it, it it's going to border on, being a little controversial, but I almost feel like the reason for giving such a consumerist culture double salary or extra salary is so that they can keep the local businesses 
like the conglomerates alive. And I, and I say conglomerates loosely because I don't wanna I don't wanna say the actual names, but I think me and you can say the the, the top the bigger companies, the larger scale companies, um, mm-hmm. with vested interests of course within the government and within you know different political and non political, non GMO, GMO and and and, and, and non GMO um, sort of uh, facilities and, 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 and personnel and so on. So it's almost like I give you this money and I know you're going to spend it, so this is going to keep these companies afloat. That's that's what I see it as. Because the people don't use this money. Most I, I could say most people don't use the money for no savings, for no investment, nothing. It's just consumerist. I am going to go to this store and I'm going to buy a new chair. I'm going to buy a new TV. Every single year, the same thing. It's like you you almost wonder if the the TV that they had last year spoiled. <laughs> so here's the thing. I don't think that that is um actually I agree with you, but I don't think that is a hidden fact. Oh, right? you don't think it's hidden. Okay, great. I don't think Thought it's a hidden crazy. fact. I don't think it's a hidden fact. Um Stephen, can you still hear me? Of course. Okay. So I don't think it's a hidden fact. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, um, I think it is done intentionally, right? Mm -hmm. In December is when you're given the bonus, right? When it's supposed to be Christmas, when Mm -hmm. the idea is for you to buy gifts. It is also, um, you know, during carnival season, if you're in saying kits or Mm -hmm. whatever. If it was not to keep (laughs) your businesses afloat, etc., why not give me a bonus in March? Oh, you see the point. You see the Why point. Give me a bonus, right? Mm-hmm. Why not give me a bonus in February, exactly. right? Or in January <laughs> when I need it the most. I mean, in January, then I guess what people would do is that they would spend on the credit card and then pay it back. Yeah. But after all of the hype, mm. January, February, why not give me a bonus in March? June. In the, not directly, or in June. Right. Mm. Well, if not, if the intent is not directly to feed into the businesses, but I will say that's, you know, that's that's simple economics. Right. Mm. Um, the government is doing that to feed the economy as well as to give some incentive to its workers. Mm. So you get a double whammy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, as well, you know, the businesses are also doing all these sales and da, 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 quote unquote sales because Perfect they're not the most really sales. <laughs> they're not. Right? They're not. Uh, so essentially, it's it's, it's to, to to basically it's kill a proper two birds. economy. Yeah, you're killing two birds with one stone. And I could see again, I could see the I could see the kickbacks in in multiple in multiple instances or in multiple uh, facets of this of this um of this these goings ons. And it's Ooh. interesting. You know what what what's also interesting to me is mm-hmm. that again we live in a very consumer based sort of of of, of culture. And my, my, my question is always, um, what would the government what, what would the government have to gain? And it's an open question. It's not, I don't have any agenda with it. What does the government have to gain um, with teaching its public about financial literacy? If the case is that um, consumerism works so well for the current system? Well, um, this is a hard I, question you're calling, telling you. No, absolutely, it's a hard question. But um, so here's my thing. Um, I am sh- I don't know the tax law very well in St. Kitts, right? 
Um, I almost think that's something I know buzzing, kind of? <laughs> but um, you know, for example, in the US, you're taxed on your investments, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so th- those taxes go directly to the government. The mm-hmm. same thing can be done in saying it again. Perhaps it's already done in saying it. There's but, a tax, yes. There's a there's a way you could go into uh, if you if you incorporate your business instead of taxing you based on your your gross, I don't know if this is what you mean. Please correct me. Mm-hmm. Instead of being taxed on your gross um your gross earnings every three months or something, you could be taxed at the end of the year based on only your income. So based on only your profit. Sorry, I don't know if that's what you mean. In terms of private taxes, in terms of private businesses. Well, um, no, I think I, I think the, the the thing is slightly different. And mm. again, perhaps I'm I'm warping um, topics here only because um, I think well, home we don't do an income tax. No, we don't. No, no. So perhaps that's not a huge incentive. But again, perhaps I did do need to do some research some more. But there are ways that the government can attain some sorts of benefit by instilling. Um, you know, savings and investment, um, you know, I guess literacy in in its people. Because <clears throat> I think about this whole idea that's, oh, you know, in, in, in a couple of years, you know, we're not going to have enough money um, to pay out Social Security for millennials now. So, oh, by the way, earlier we were talking about we ain't going to have no pension, we ain't going to have no, um, we ain't going to savings, we ain't going to investment, we ain't going to this, we ain't going to that. Well, in mm. addition to that, there's a possibility that we ain't going to have no social security neither. So, dog and real. Darling, why are you bringing this kind of news on the show for okay, I mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's kind of depressing. <laughs> the hard reality of it. But if you have, if you start to instill this sort of financial literacy in our people, right, then you have a people of well, you start to develop um, a saving community, right? An investment community. Mm-hmm. In addition to all of that, I mean, through saving and through investments, things start to, um, magical things like unicorns, right? Because we don't, <laughs> we don't know too much of it in things, but magical things like unicorns start to arise, right? Those things are things like investors, right? Mm, People mm. who would have had $20,000 sitting down because they, they would have saved $20,000. Uh-huh. Perhaps they invested some of it into the ECSE. Um, some, or maybe they didn't. And or maybe some of them invested into, um, um, this, sorry, decided to invest into some startup business, mm-hmm. right? Because they have $20,000. Or, um, you know, some some person decided that they want to start up some... Um, some some capital some some venture capitalist yes. firm mm-hmm. and they they get a couple of people who would have saved yes. um their behinds off for the next couple for the for the past couple of years mm-hmm. and so we have a nice we have a nice mix of Budding, yeah. um that could benefit the country directly True. right mm-hmm. through saving through investment while we don't have we don't we might not have an income tax structure home mm. and so like the US if you would have invested into some company and so on you're also taxed on that income there are other benefits right mm. so <clears throat> there are benefits such as you know you're able to you know eventually invest into into some small business for example mm-hmm. or you're able to start your own your own business more readily because if if some of us had to wait on getting that approval from the loan to start our, our own business no, you no, would no, imagine no. 
<laughs> you would imagine nothing would happen. Not a thing. Um, and, and perhaps even backing a small business um, with some sort of um, unconventional loan would be another way that we could, again, help the, the, the country and help the community to be even more successful than it, it, it is now, right? You know that's um, happening, right? Yeah, yeah you know, so I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to promote anybody specifically. I'm not going to call a name or anything, but um, there is an individual who has, um, well, not individual, it's, an, it's a community of individuals who I, have... I know, much, I know very much about who you're speaking Okay, great, great. I'm not going to call it. I don't want to, I don't, because we have talked before and he's expressed that, you know, maybe not having his name, he's, he don't want to promote it this way. But there, there is there is an upswing of those unconventional type loans, which are backed by law. And, I mean, they have contracts. They 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 perform they perform they perform in a very legitimate manner. Just that it's not through a financial institution like a bank. Absolutely, and the 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 benefit of that, right, is that persons are now able to invest in an unconventional way. Yes. Right. And therefore, as opposed to attaining only, you know, <laughs> you know, a point of a percent yes. of interest through the banks, mm -hmm. you know, in some cases, they're able to attain, you know, double digits and upward of 20 and so on percent, percent. interest mm -hmm. on investments. And that's APR. So all you have to do is think about what compounding will do. And then you would imagine that's a, a conventional 20 percent interest um interest that for a loan mm. um, would somehow then become somewhere around 22 or 23% interest is what you would get back um, for your investments, mm -hmm. right? That's, That's a huge return. It's a huge exactly. return. And some of these are short-term loans as well. I mean, as you said, the compounding effect is amazing. You might be able to double your money within months to years. Yeah, absolutely. You know, some of you know some of the loans um uh you know maybe three three years long thirty six thirty six months et cetera I don't know of any cities lord i hope i hope not <laughs> you hope no I, I don't know of any fixed deposits or cds certificates of deposits um that's that that advertise at a you know ten percent fifteen percent twenty percent interest after investing uh, after um you put in your money for only you know 36 months that's true right sometimes you see something like 10 percent maybe or eight percent maybe but where you see you know those 20 something percent is if you lock in your money for something like 15 and 20 years that's exactly right? the point but and in the financial institution i mean i could understand deal they're running a business it's not and and we, we kind of tend to lean on banks as if they're some sort of charity or you know, they're supposed to try to help you. No, a bank is a business. We are talking about now cutting out that middleman, that banking middleman, and just I am going to help you. Or I'm uh -huh. going to I'm going to give you the startup capital you need to run this business, and you're going to pay me back at a rate of 15%. Whereas you might have paid me back at a rate of 15% in the bank, maybe, maybe more, right? And and well, then and then at the end of the day, I would reclaim that 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 percentage, and I may be able to double my money and then put that money back into return, put it back again. And like just yeah. keep working and working and working in a way that you will never see in a banking institution. It will never happen for you that way. Absolutely. And I, I will I will say, even if the percentage is less for the bank, and sometimes it is, to be fair, mm -hmm. but it's only less because they are requiring some sort of collateral, mm -hmm. right? If it is less, it's right? True. 
and therefore it's a secured loan, <laughs> right? But in, in, in most of these cases that, you know, that it is kind of like peer-to-peer lending, as mm-hmm. it's called, um, it's more so, it's unsecured. Yes, it's more so unsecured, yes. And again, there is some benefit on both sides. There's some benefit from the lender because just in case you don't have collateral to put up, you you have the option of 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 of, of borrowing money um, in a non-conventional way. Mm-hmm. And as an investor, you're seeing returns in your portfolio that you might not have seen anywhere else. Anywhere else. And what's funny about what's interesting about it too is that you develop a reputation based on your your payment habits or the way that you ret- you you know you pay your your loan. So you have this sort of credit score system in a, in, in a community, on a community level, which I think is powerful in and of itself. If I've taken two loans before and I have had no problem, no discrepancies with my, my ability to pay, repay these loans in a reasonable time frame, like it opens up the door that I could borrow even more money for other ventures. And, and, and whereas with a bank, you might be penalized heavily for not having um, you, your collateral up or your assets up front. Uh, to function as collateral for these loans, like with this peer-to-peer lending, you could just establish reasonable relationships with people based on you, the, the fact that you 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 keep you keep your end of the bargain, and I think that's really Absolutely. good. Absolutely. Reputation alone, I don't know. Colin, I have a big question to ask you. Sure, sure, sure. sure Lots sure, of big sure. Yeah, you know, yeah, me, me and me and you, um, we we we, we go back a, a little bit, so. I feel comfortable asking you difficult questions. Other people might be like, you know, let's just keep this surface because, man, what are in? I mean, you are you are ex, you are exposed to probably more, you know, in more, more capital. Like, you know, I, I'm not saying you have millions of dollars because you probably do, but I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> Come after me. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. But in terms of your experience in the financial community. How possible is it that we could develop a universal basic income framework? So explain, explain, explain what your definition of that is. Of uni- and, and you okay. the, shortest, the shortest summary. The shortest could. summary I could have is right now the machine's taking all the work. People mm-hmm. not having, I mean, you don't need as much human labor as before. I mean, if, if you have to compare it to when human beings first started farming to what a farm is now, you will basically be able to see what I'm saying. Like, there is less need for human physicality when it comes to producing new and vital um, technological advances. So, like, you don't necessarily need six people on an assembly line assembling a computer there's a there's a there's a machine that does this 24 7 you understand so that's whereas you had seven people on the line you now have zero people on the line or maybe one person just making sure that the machinery is working properly whereas you had a hundred people on a farm you really only need now two people on a farm functioning machinery that does the harvesting at a faster rate mm-hmm. more effective less problems because human beings are a big investment i'm not saying machinery isn't a big investment but it pays for itself much more linearly over time whereas human beings might be a a bit of a in you know depending on the person you you hire they might do more work or less work depending on their work ethic versus a machine that is going to crank out a hundred barrels of this thing every single Mm -hmm. minute a human being might crank out an average of 50 but sometimes they're producing, an average is only an average. Sometimes they produce 75 and sometimes they produce 10. Right. So I'm asking, like, 
where are we heading in terms of human in, in terms of the human um network like is it that universal universal basic income giving people money just for being people just the basics the basic living the basic wage that is necessary for them to function in our society is that where we are heading and how realistic is it so i i don't necessarily agree that within the next i don't know 30ish years mm. even 50 because i'm still yeah i think i don't think we're heading there within the next 30ish to 50 years um i could be absolutely wrong but that's just that's my personal opinion um and i'll give you some examples as to why i think so your examples were were so were pretty much geared towards um this manu this this concept of humans doing jesus <laughs> humans doing manual labor right um that are no basically being replicated by machinery mm-hmm. at a more efficient and effective rate mm-hmm. right yes. and therefore you know especially if you have the capital to do it as a business you're going to invest into into this into this machinery because you don't have to you don't have to watch it in most cases right mm-hmm. you don't monitor it um you 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 get a greater um, amount of um, output and so on mm-hmm. so you would Again, if you have the capital, you would go towards more of an automated um, system. system. Mm. However, um, I would challenge you a little bit and say, I think that's just part of um, the evolution, right, of Mm. our world and our economies. Um, And I think what, what we should be thinking is how can we educate our people, um, in an, in a way that they can now be able to service um, our new technology, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people who are like, oh, you know, um, you know, Amazon, for example. I don't know if you know, but Amazon opened um, their for, their first cashless or their first cashierless um, um, store supermarket. Yes. Mm. And so basically with some combination of AI, um, barcode reading, RFIDs, et cetera, you basically are able to walk into the store, take up the things that you want, put it in a bag and walk out of the store and through the RFID system, Mm. which is um, at the checkout or at the exit, um, it's able to scan the things that are in your bag, Mm. calculate and deduct it directly out of your um, account. out of your account Mm -hmm. there's there was a whole big spiel about that because they were like basically you know you're you're now taking um jobs out of the economy and all of the things and all of the things Mm -hmm. but i challenge that and i say yes we're gonna lose people who you know are only skilled in being cashiers but how about we invest the time Right and the energy into educating those persons who could only do cashiering, mm-hmm. and you know try to teach them some basic programming skills so that they can, if one of the the, the one of the the, the checkout um, machines go down, they can quickly service that machine, right? Because it's going to be needed, mm-hmm. right? How about we 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 reeducate um, you know some of our our um, some of our young people mm. and teach them not only basic programming skills, but how do you operate within this new um, um, 
tech boom business. So one of the things that I know is very important, especially when you have a tech-driven organization, mm-hmm. is what they call a business tech um, associate. And basically what that person does is that they can speak the business language and they can speak the technology language. Mm-hmm. As much as that might sound, as, 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 as much as that does, that may sound trivial to some people, there's oh, a lot of world who make a serious um, amount of money by being a business operation tech or business tech op, um, ops person. And the reason why is because usually business people speak business language. Tech people speak tech language. Mm-hmm. And there are not enough people who can speak both, right? True. And so those are the people who are effectively um, able to have whiteboarding session and optimize a tech plant. Mm-hmm. And again, that might sound trivial, but it's a powerful, powerful it's not, thing. It's a powerful mm-hmm. thing. But then, I mean, cool. I mean, with the advent of something even as simple as, not simple, but something like cryptocurrency, it was birthed from the ability to see technology and business coinciding in a way that is fruitful for, well, it might not have been fruitful for everybody, but instrumental in creating an advance in finance. Absolutely. And so my point is there that, um, as opposed to thinking um, that we should be moving to a universal um, paying scheme. I can't remember what you're calling it. Yeah, income. Uni- universal basic income. Universal basic income. Mm-hmm. Um, I would actually challenge all of us to actually think a little <laughs> differently, change our, our, our dimension of thinking mm-hmm. and say, instead of let's instead of moving towards that because the thought is that you know a lot of things are being automated and so on and so we are we're we're now eradicating some of the more manual jobs mm-hmm. i would challenge us to say let's try to as a government as some sort of you know universal body try to educate our people that one were once um skilled in that sort of manual labor mm-hmm. and and educate them where they're able to do more 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 are fit into occupations that are more tech central right yes um whatever it is whatever it is now that we have or whatever jobs that we have now that are that were not um present in the last 20 years right i think that that would be my challenge that would be my 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 um that would be my pushback um as opposed to looking for a universal um jesus christ basic Even. income the thing is I'm going to challenge, I'm going to, a universal basic income. The thing is, I'm going to challenge our UBI. I'm going to challenge it because I think, I agree with you 100% in terms of we need to start to look to the future and stop training people to be passive. Um, I think the education system down here, I don't know when last we had some sort of revolution in that respect. Like it's almost as if education moves at and every 50-year pace, whereas technology is improving every single year. Every single day. Yeah, well, every single day, sorry. Every single, every single day. There's something that is happening. There's something new that is revitalizing something, innovating in a way that we've never before dreamed. So technology is developing in an ex- at an exponential rate. And I feel like technology is, and, and, and education is not following suit. And this is apparent. Um, we're still being trained, you know, in, in doing things, menial, menial things that, that I think we're supposed to move, be moving to the engineering platforms versus the technical platforms. And, and what I mean by that is simple. For those who don't understand what I'm saying is an engineer 
Um, this is my interpretation of an engineer. It might not be Google definition because I'm not using Google definition, but an engineer comes up with new and exciting or uh, new things that could change the way that you function. New machines that undertake a, a, a task in a different way. It's a design. An engineer is like a designer. They come up with new um, tech that would predispose the old tech to be inferior. They come up with new and exciting ways to do things. It might be simpler, it might be more advanced, it might, whatever it is, but it's better because it's more efficient. Whereas a technician is a, somebody who fixes something, uh, who repairs something, or who understands how something works, and they fix it. I'm not saying that technicians are important, but I think we need more engineers. Like We need more people who come up with technology instead of people who just fix or learn to use this technology. But... What I'm going to say in, in, in opposition to what you said is that I think even if we had to train every single person to be an engineer or to be um, a business savvy tech, um, a tech up, a business tech up, a technological business op operative, um, we still would have a shortage of menial labor because and, and, and a shortage of uh, a shortage of jobs for most people. And the reason I'm gonna say it and, and I'm only critiquing because I don't know for sure. It's only my opinion. Whereas like and, and sorry to use menial tasks, but uh, uh, even a factory. Whereas in a factory you would have needed um eight hundred people. So right. you need eight hundred people. So you're in a textile factory, you need eight hundred people to saw and to make these textile um, products. If you had to have a, a, um, a, a machine that does 800, does the job of 800 people, mm -hmm. even if you had trained all 800 of those people to be te technically proficient and be able to program the machine, they will not need 800 people to program these machines. You know what I mean? Like, even if you had to have in a tech, in a tech firm, you would have to have um, 18 people that do work to, to program and do all these things. From the mm -hmm. time you develop an AI that could spot um, discrepancies in the code and fix those things without having a human being having to scale through all the lines of code to find what's wrong. You have an AI, and they already have these things, but you have AI yeah. that could search through the code and correct whatever errors it finds or suggests a correction. You really only need one person to supervise this AI, one or two people to supervise and keep the AI running. You know what I mean? It, we, we're going into a situation where, unfortunately, human beings, <laughs> and it, I don't want to be bleak about it. Maybe there's a solution, I, and maybe I, I don't see it yet. By all means, I'm, I'm open. If somebody has an idea, share it in the comments. But I'm just saying, <laughs> like, I'm not seeing how we're going to make use of 7 billion people, how right. are we going to keep them occupied? We're reaching into us, we are arriving into a state in our world that is, is incredibly beautiful, but yet incredibly confusing because right. you have more free time because you don't have to actually do anything most of the times. Like right. we reach into a state where we could literally sit down and binge watch shows on Netflix. Yeah, I don't even absolutely. know. I don't even know if my father understands what binge watching is. <laughs> because his, his, his whole modus operandi would be that I need to walk. You know? <laughs> yes, he wears it time. I need to walk. <laughs> I need to walk, yeah. But we grew up in an age where we don't have to walk. Like, we legit 
do n- we never ever have to visit a farm. We never have to kill an animal. We never have to go out and see and fish. We never have to do anything for our own preservation. The only thing we need to do <laughs> is work at some place and make some sort of profit. And even that, we don't need to actually go someplace and work. We just need to make sure we have money. Right. So I, I, I think, um, just to go back a little bit, Of right? course, backtrack. I, I thought what you were going to say when you started talking about, um, you know, um, developing, um, you know, engineers versus technicians, mm-hmm. um, was that we should also think about developing um, a generation of thinkers, oh, like yeah. free brainstormers, because I think um, and and creative, basically a generation of creatives, right? Mm-hmm. Or developing a, a generation of creatives, because I think that is where we 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 will see some benefits um, and some and some way to kind of. Um, um, not alleviate, but yes, um, circumvent, combat, yeah, circumvent or, com- or combat this idea that you know, you know, machines are taking over the world, yes. right? The reality is, right? Skynet. Um, yeah, the reality is that um, you know, whatever the whatever the, the the piece of device or or machine that is being operated. Um, there needs to be somebody who, or there the, the, the was an inventor, mm-hmm. right? And, and that person, well, there's the inventor, the, 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 the mechanical inventor, but there's also the, the person behind, the or the, person, the right? Mm-hmm. The person who brought the idea to the fold. So any great um, piece of tech, including Venmo and, you know, in sync, it's Jad, <laughs> right? Jad. And any other uh-huh. that. Right. There is an there's a person behind it. Right. The 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 creative who said, listen, I have an idea and I am going to see it through fruition. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, there is there is the whole concept that there's going to be a machine and whatever. And it's going to replace the the, the, the checks that are being passed on the back end or or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But you have this person who created this idea and therefore they're now an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. along with lots of other people mm-hmm. right and they're now able to create their own job right and not and not rely on anybody else um to have a nine to five mm-hmm. right that's where i thought you were going right and i think that is that is also um that is also an important thing to to consider of course that done to um you know trying to cultivate a generation of um new skills or new skilled workers, based on how our technology is going, we we also should encourage free thinkers mm-hmm. and creatives, so that you'll have much more people now being entrepreneurs as opposed to trying to um, trying to fit into this fold of a nine to five um, that that might not be <laughs> anything that sparks their interest. True. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. I think, and it kills them. You end up killing the, the, any idea they would have had would probably die. On the um, so I, on the service floor. Absolutely. So I think that that's an important thing. That's an important thing to 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 mention. The other thing I heard you say was um, that you know we have to figure out you know where these five billion people are going to fit in. You know, as, as machines start to take over the world. <laughs> and, seven. And I, 
<laughs> sorry, 7 billion people. Mm. Um, and again, my challenge there is that, um, you know, I still believe that whether it was 50 years ago, 100 years ago, or 100 years in the future, I do believe that there are people who, just just as though it was 100 years ago, that will continue to be workers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, use the example of net- Netflix. Netflix and chill. <laughs> Girl, um, we don't need to know your bedroom here, <laughs> <laughs> Music. <laughs> like, I joke it. Uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. I'm binging Netflix and so on. And, you know, the idea that, you know, we don't, a lot of us, we don't, we have so much time on our hands. Mm-hmm. But me personally, I don't feel like I have enough time in the day because I always feel like as if there's something else that I could be doing, mm-hmm. right? So with my time, with, with, um, with my time, with my hands, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that will somehow propel me to the next level. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I usually tell people I am I am a student of the world. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I love I love immersing myself into new knowledge. You know, last December 2018 was the, the, the month of Python for me. Right. Python, <laughs> what I mean? Hmm? The month of Python? Yes, because I was learning Python, the, 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 the programming language. Wow. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and that is how I operate. Right. Mm-hmm. That I I, in, in my capacity as a person, as a human being, mm. I want to be the best person that I can be. Mm. And I want to make sure that anything that seems even a, a little bit that it could help me to, again, propel me to the next level, mm. I'm able to immerse myself in it and, 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 and figure out a way that I can navigate and be better. But the thing is, I, I would honestly call you, and, and I'm the same way, where I refuse to accept that this is this is all that I'll ever be. Like, I, at every point, like, I refuse to believe that I can't learn anymore. I refuse to believe that I can't develop anymore as a person. I refuse to believe that I can't learn to change as a person. I refuse to be static. Um, mm. I am going to say this to you, and I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to blow with own hands, but I think um, complacency is much more... Um, popular than that kind of hunger. Right. But I guess what, what I'm saying though, Stephen, is mm-hmm. that that was, that was the case a hundred years ago and it's going to be the case a hundred years from That's now. That's true. That's true. So I'm saying that to say mm-hmm. that, yes, I understand that, you know, machines are taking over the world. <laughs> yeah. Curlin, you might not see it yet, but God did. Curlin, I, I, I there's a machine that. right now. Listening. Yes. Yes. I, as we you. speak through these interwebs. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but it was a case 100 years ago. It's going to be a case in 100 years from now that you're going to have people who are hungry. Mm-hmm. You're going to have people who are hungry and overly ambitious. You're mm-hmm. going to have the people who just going to settle for the status quo. And you're going to have people who are, you know, I don't want to call them this, but you're going to have people who are lazy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I True. And they, they, those three buckets, and, and I'm sure that there will be sub subcategories or sub buckets to those to those three of that course. I pointed mm-hmm. out. Those three buckets of people will operate in in the ever changing world mm-hmm. in similar ways that they would have in in, years in, ago. in 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 the past. yeah in years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And so An what I'm saying, those who are lazy will continue to be lazy, and they're gonna in in the case of America. Um, go on welfare, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? 
um, the ones who, you know, just believe in sticking to the status quo, they're going to be, you know, thinking about like maybe t- five or 10 years from now, they're going to be the low end programmers, mm. right? Who just know programming language and, um, and can simply, you know, fix a bug if they, if, if there's a need to. I'll be and then they there will be the, the, the non-initiating ones. There will be the ones that, that need supervision. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have those who are hungry um, and overly ambitious. And those are going to be the ones who are going to be your future entrepreneurs. Um, those persons who are going to go way and beyond the status quo mm-hmm. and, and challenge everything that even the AI is doing. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that is the point that I wanted to um, support. I, I agree. I agree. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting to me. And I've seen it not, I've probably seen it in my lifetime. I probably was in the works for a very long time. Do you realize that we've gone from whoever is the strongest physically is the leader to whoever has the best idea is now the leader? The richest people in our world. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, are some of the most brilliant people. And if they're not the most brilliant people themselves, they are surrounded with some of the most brilliant people, the most brilliant minds in the industry. Um, it's funny that Mark Zuckerberg does not look like an alpha male character whatsoever. The same thing with Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, um, even Steve Jobs, you know, R.A.P., um, they did not, they didn't exude the, the, the alpha male look at all. They didn't even exude the alpha male charisma. And that's what I was, that's exactly what I was going to say. Because, you know, sometimes you look like a geek, but you're so charismatic. Oh man. Even, no, 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 people are so socially awkward. awkward. I mean, I looked at, I watched Mark Zuckerberg for over an hour gets interrogated by you know, the, the U.S. government. Mm. And he was so awkward and uncomfortable. And we moved. And the only reason he was able to get through that interview was because he was coached for so many hours. <laughs> so many hours. I, I, right? honestly, I honestly feel there are two reasons why he got through. I, be, I, honest, I, I agree with what you said just now in terms of he got through because of the hours of coaching, but I also believe he got through based on the ignorance of the people who were interrogating him. Well, I, yes, I don't think... I, I, I haven't heard, I mean, I, I watched a summary. I didn't watch for an hour. I, I didn't have an hour to watch him. But I did look at the summary of the 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 um the talks or the, the interrogation. And it was, there was no, I didn't see the foot to the fire thing. Anybody who knew anything, a child of 10 could have asked more, you know, more, yeah, better questions, more interrogative sort of questions, poorly put to the fire more questions than these right. old senators. Like, it was, it was weird. It was weird. It was weird. But I will say, for somebody who, is, who does not have a very high EQ, intelligent, like, in, um, not intelligence, but it's more so emotional intelligence. Yeah, EQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Um, they... Because of how the Senate was kind of asking the questions, right, in this aggressive tone, mm. I would have almost expected him knowing that he has a low EQ and that he looks a little awkward and saying, I almost expected him to kind of fall up in a ball, you know. You did? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I mean, I know he's powerful and he has, well, he has a lot of money and therefore, you know, he, he is he by definition. He has too. And I almost <laughs> think that with Mark Zuckerberg, it doesn't, the money is secondary to the power and the influence. 
absolutely. So that's that. That was my my thought process there. But Stephen, I, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, the, the, the persons who 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 have the most influence now is no longer the person who is the strongest. No, not right? even close. Not even like the person who is the strongest gonna end up being what the guy on the the line lifting up the boxes and doing the deliveries. Like yeah, it's weird. It's weird. And I also think that Mark Zuckerberg doesn't have enough EQ to roll up into a ball. Because anybody with any emotional quote or any emotional intelligence whatsoever would have probably n realized the kind of stress in this environment and felt the tension. You know right. what I mean? And like the, the aggressiveness. And so I don't think he could even, he's so disassociated, I don't even think he recognized or was intimidated even a little bit by what they were asking him. Right, right, right. He doesn't have that much. And maybe it works to his benefit in this case. Colin, I have one more thing now I want to talk to you about. Sure. Okay, and this is, again, your critique, your knowledge, your brilliant person. I want to hear what you think. Now, given this same institute, given this same, um, we, we piggybacking off of the same argument um, about technology taking over and, you know, we either going to be technicians and engineers and thinkers or we're going to really have to find ourselves just shipping the boxes for Amazon. Um, our government, and when I say our, oh, I mean in sync, it's a neighbors. Um, we are kind of going full force into tourism, all right? And not kind of going full force. We, we have declared that tourism is our main economic driver. Yep, absolutely. Right? And we've done that for at least the last 15 years, I think. 15, maybe 20. Who knows? It yep. might be more than that. Maybe the last 20 years. I'm just calling what I see. And... More and more, we are putting our people more and more into a service-related industry. Uh-huh. And when I say service-related, I mean there's a, there's a need for waitresses, there's a need for room service, there's a need for um, even security, and, mm -hmm. and these, these kinds of jobs. Mm -hmm. Is there a critique to be had? Is, is that the best way to go, to save our people from being unemployed, in your opinion? Or is it, is it that you understand why this would be uh, an, an adequate path to take for the government or adequate path to take for our leaders? Well, um, one of the things I've always said for possibly more than, maybe not 20 years, but maybe more than 15 years ago, is that I don't understand why, I, I understand why there's a push to have people, um, you know, increase their skills in kind of service-directed industries, mm -hmm. right? Um, like you said, the hotels, um, hotel and hospitality type um, um, jobs. However, over the past 15 years or so, I've always said I can't understand why there isn't an equal push to have our people develop skills, um, agricultural skills, because I... I live and die. I don't understand why I I am a product of saying kids, aka Loya Migo. <laughs> Sugarland. Which literally means fertile land. Mm. And we're being right? and, and and we're not focusing on developing the agricultural parts of our economy, right? Mm. I'm not saying that we we should completely abandon tourism. By no means, right? We, we, we would be ignorant if we if we did so. But, you know, as we can see, especially in the past two or so years where there were those devastating 
um, hurricanes. Hurricanes. You know, in the blink of an eye, if anything happens in our beautiful island, Tourism you know, Fox University, for example, it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's right? fickle. It's very fickle. It's it's it's, it's, it's more than fickle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if there's a downturn in the U.S. economy, um, particularly, again, we have a problem, mm-hmm. right? Um, you and I worked in an industry that um, would have been more directly impacted by the downturn, and while it didn't impact us in 2007 uh, and 2008, it impacted us in 2009, 2010. And the reason is because, you know, the year of the recession in the U.S., mm-hmm. persons would have already um, booked their tickets to go on cruises and, and, and travel course. and so on. Mm-hmm. But then by the time the recession hit and people lost their jobs, they had no money to book for the, for the, for the subsequent years. Mm-hmm. And so in 2009, 2010, we saw downtown in tickets as well. Mm-hmm. Um, had we had some sort of other industry that could have um, acted as a or sustained us a little bit more, mm-hmm. we would not have taken the hit that we did. Mm-hmm. And again, I feel as though we're we're almost we're wasting our um our our very rich and fertile soil, mm-hmm. right? That we could practically we could we could grow almost anything that could anything. that can grow in a tropical environment. We're almost wasting it, mm-hmm. right? And 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 it goes back to understanding what your resources are as a country, mm-hmm. um and 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 using those as you know, um, drivers, I guess, drivers, drivers, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're we're doing the best job that we can in that regard. So to answer your question, I understand why we might be pushing um, to 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 generate or to cultivate skills within the service industry to sustain our tourism um, product. But there are other ways, or there are other. Um, industries within St. Kitts that we should be trying to, uh, that we should be trying to cultivate as well, mm-hmm. right? Because as we just pointed out, tourism is super fickle. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's very volatile. Baby. And what we do want to, to, to end up in a situation is that, you know, it's already the case that when America sneezes, we catch up St. Kitts is full, mm-hmm. right? But we don't want, if they sneeze, we, we get pneumonia and we die. <laughs> and with all right? food, we would die. That's the problem. Absolutely. And so we can de-risk some of that by cultivating our, our natural resources. And again, I, I can't say it more. I can't say it enough. I mean, La Amiga literally means fertile, fertile, fertile soil. <laughs> it does. It, does. Right? it literally means literally it. It means that. Right? And so, you know, there should, be, there should not be a question of... Um, should we develop our our agriculture? It could. It, it's supposed to be. How can we? Yes. How could we? How could we best do it? I, you know, it's funny. It's funny that that um. It's funny that you said it because I I agree hundred percent. Like I've been, again, I don't know if agriculture is marketed wrong because there's a lot of technology that could help us to um, maintain um, a good agricultural product. Um, I'm not so sure if we're tapping into the technology part of agriculture because around the world, they have been tapping into it and and enjoying the yields of such. Um, I think the government, I don't know if the government is to blame here particularly. And when I say the government, I don't mean the current administration. I mean the government in general. I don't know if, if because I could see, just like you, I could see why 
the service industry would be an easy thing to invest in. First of all, you don't. It, it's a very low. Um, you don't have to have a high level of, of education to enter into the industry. You don't have to have a lot of, it's not a lot of prerequisites to get into being into that industry. So you could imagine that a mass amount of people could apply and get work quite quickly um, with more or less just minimal training. Of course, and, 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 and get a living wage because the, the service industry does generate, once it's done well, it does generate some 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 interesting returns for whoever is willing to invest. Now, my problem with it, as as well as it being fickle, because it is it is quite fickle, and it is also very seasonal. Absolutely. Yeah, that mu that must be stated. But the other thing that 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 gets me is the upward mobility for such staff. Um, it's very very difficult, especially in within the infrastructure that we have here. And when I say infrastructure, I just don't mean the physical infrastructure, but I mean like the whole hierarchy of Absolutely. how the businesses are constructed. It's quite it's quite difficult for you as a service person to climb the ranks into managerial positions, or uh, even mm -hmm. into. In, even into part owner, you can't get into the inner circle in these businesses. Absolutely. They're very exclusive. I, I would almost say, you know, even when, you know, a new hotel or a new, you know, especially if it's an international hotel, um, comes into the island, the cards are almost immediately stacked against you because they're not, they're not, they're not coming in. It's not just one owner that's coming in and saying, okay, or, or some, executive coming in and saying, okay, we're going to build this, this, this hotel. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we're going to hire not only lower level staff, but we're going to hire, um, managers and, and, and senior managers and VPs. They're not doing that. They're coming in the executive mm -hmm. along with managers, right? <laughs> exactly. Across the across the entire spectrum of the hotel and then who are they hiring they're hiring supervisors um and they're hiring lower level staff yes right so the, the, the cards are already stacked against you because the reality is even if you move from um from a from a lower level staff to a supervisor um unless the manager leaves and you know and and basically says you know i i endorse this person to take my position and even even, even then it doesn't happen, no. right? Because, you know, as a society too, I don't know how to say this um, nicely, but <clears throat> we would prefer to see um, <clears throat> a not so familiar complexion. You'd rather see a white man, <laughs> okay. a foreign man with a foreign person with an accent. With an accent. And, and sometimes even that because... Um, again, I don't know if we're going to get blasted, blasted for saying this, but I have seen some cases that, um, you know, that person might have grown up in saying it's because, um, they the don't skin. look like the normal kitchen, yeah. you know, they're going to get a managerial position quite easily. Right. Mm. Um, because of how they look. And then the thing is what, what gets me is then, then we wonder why some of these businesses fail. Like, it's so funny to me, like. You are going to promote somebody who is, you're going to promote somebody based on the aesthetic. Okay? Like this person's complexion is good. This person's complexion is decent. Um, they have the right family or they have the right accent or they have the right, they have the right aesthetic. But you're going to hire this person in a managerial position to make decisions that are going to directly affect the pros this prosperity of your business. 
is going to directly affect your bottom line. And they're an idiot. They're, they could be an idiot. They could be very unqualified. They could be qualified in terms of paper, but unqualified in terms of leadership and social skills. Because at the end of the day, I always say, like, you could have the papers, but you could be horrible in the team. You could be Absolutely. the one holding the team back from achieving what they could achieve because you have no interpersonal skills. And I've seen it before. I've also seen people who come back from college or come, not come back, but who have a degree, who are exceptional at being interpersonal and, and being decent and being team leaders and so on. But I've also seen the opposite. But I've also right. seen the opposite not be reprimanded for their incompetence. I've also seen people leave jobs. Like, I've also seen businesses, and, and I'm talking about businesses in tourism, it's the service right. industry directly, who are horrible human beings. And when I say horrible human beings, they have no idea how to conduct themselves with other human beings. They become toxic, right. all right? And they're toxic human beings. And the manager, the manager or their supervisor, whoever heads them, would never fire them. They would, they would rather cut the business in half, fire half the staff to maintain, well, this person is, is completely toxic to the business and affecting the bottom line, than to replace them or even consider using a, a, serve, a, a supervisor in their position who has proven that they are good at managing you know what I'm saying? It's just weird. It's a weird thing. I understand why the government is doing what they're doing. But it means I don't <laughs> want to be in government at this time. Because it's not only just an interior pressure to get jobs, it's external pressure to make sure that you keep some of the people, like some of the nations that have given you things or have given you um, loans or have helped you out of a difficult scenario financially and otherwise. Or mm -hmm. even partnering with them to make sure that you have the best um, international portfolio the best look you know and they want something in return you understand it's, you get some sanctions and all of a sudden you need to open a united states hotel yeah a united states backed hotel you know you yeah. get some sanctions and all of a sudden a european is coming or uh, somebody from dubai is coming and, and, and opening a hotel in st kitts you know what i mean like it, it, it i can't see it as short-sighted as as some people have the luxury of seeing it it's 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 a very it's a very big like it's a very big issue. It's not, it, and it encompasses much broader than what anybody would ever really admit and say. Absolutely, it's a big thing. Anyway, Curlin. <laughs> awesome. So let's do our. So um, before we we close off the program, let's just do our um three incorrect statements. All right. So what it is is just it's going to test the side of your brain because we love to be right. Uh, for human yeah. beings, we we kind of hardware to like say something that's factual but um the game it's not a game it's just you know say something that's incorrect i could start off to show you what it's like but it's to say incorrect statement and then say afterwards that it's incorrect right okay uh -huh. so my first incorrect statement um i think universal basic income is going to no you know what by the very next budget i could see universal <laughs> basic income coming well, we know that ain't happening. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> don't kill my dreams, Curlin. Okay, I don't want to inflate you. <laughs> Here's what I get. Yeah, okay, okay. Okay, yeah, me back in. You better walk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you better. Walk. Okay. <laughs> so, um, my first job was not. Wrapping gifts at the age of 11. You had a job at 11? 
nobody go ACS for my mother. <laughs> you know, nobody gonna do that here, but just say like 11. When did I first yeah. work? I first worked at 14. Okay, you know what? Let's continue this trend. My first job was not as... Why <laughs> should I say this? Yeah, man, I should say. My first job was not at 14 with me picking up trash after my father finished with it. Hmm. It's actually very admirable because it teaches you not only hard work, but, you know, that it's it, jobs that are perceived to be kind of glam isn't the only way for you to make I live in. money. Yep. I think my father Absolutely. just wanted to get me out the house because I was using up too much electricity. Mm-hmm. But then he paid me, which was, yeah, okay. <laughs> but that was my first job. What say you, Curlin? Wait, this is now your second one, yeah? Yes. Um, I'm going to do another job one. Not the first, obviously, but um, just because I'm on um, <clears throat> I'm on your show, um, Objectively. <laughs> and um, we already said that we're close and we're friends and things. So I'm going to say <clears throat> um, my job... The job that I worked with Stephen was not acquired by me being home one summer and being bored out of my mind and decided that I'm just going to walk into an office and ask for a job. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Guys, this is news to me. Really? That's what happened? Yes, so um, it was the summer of 2015 or 16. I was home from CFBC College and I... It was so normally... late, Curlin? Was it so hmm? late? Wasn't it earlier? Was I... No, it was, no, it was when I was in um, uh, CFBC College. <clears throat> and it was the summer and I was bored out of my mind and I walked into my then cousin's office and I said, you don't have anything to do for me. Um, you don't have anything to do to do so you could give me a job. And she said, oh, well, you know, you could sit in for a week, but my boss is out. When he comes back, I'll ask him. Mm. <clears throat> and this was what, 2006? Yep. Yes, it was it 2006. Went, yep, part-time job from summer job to part-time job I did during classes. Um then full-time job, then not job, then went back to that job. <laughs> we know, we know how it works. We know, we know you came back, Colonel. We know. I saw you. I saw you. I left, I never came back, but I worked for them. I worked with them before. All right. So, see, we are on the job thing. I wonder what other... Let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. After college, my first job did not pay me $100 in the first six weeks. I know that story very well. Yes. <laughs> yes. My hard work to, you know, curling by up there every day, you know. And then man give me a hundred dollars. Well, well, well. How is life? How is life? Anyway, that's my last one. Curling, what about you? What is your last incorrect statement? All right. Um, I was educated on financial literacy at the age of five. 
you know, the thing is, you know, what's funny about that? Uh, yes, that's incorrect. But you know, what's funny about that is that the way you function, I would think that by the time you were five, you were already a business person. You started your first job when you was what, like your first business when you were eighteen or, or seventeen? Maybe seventeen. Seventeen. Probably younger. Um, yeah, probably, probably younger. I dabbled in things. So like in high school, um, there was a junior achievement thing. And then, you know, me and my friends, we basically, we created a business. And then after that, we, I did little things. I was selling things here and there. I opened up the business. I think it was that age, um, 2010. So, um, I opened up the, the store in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, that was 21. Mm-hmm. But then I had you know, smaller things that I was doing prior to that. <clears throat> Colin, I think, I think somewhere, like, you have to say that you are definitely an anomaly. Like, I think at some point I have to give you rank and say you are definitely a special, special, special case for a young lady. We've been talking Think for a while, Curlin. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. Guys, this is Curlin Williams again, all right? She is, uh, she studied actuary science, but she is, she is, you, you work at a hedge fund. You're yes, quantitative analysis at a hedge fund? No, um, I work in finance in the hedge fund. Okay, so. she works in finance in a hedge fund. Curlin, thank you so much for being on the show. No problem. I appreciate it so much. And guys, as usual, you could, I mean, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I didn't enjoy the conversation. I learned a lot because Curlin always tends to teach a lot. And her expanded perspective is very, very beneficial. I hope one day she comes back and helps us to run our businesses the way we should be running our businesses and actually make a profit for all of those who are not making profits. I'm not saying it's me. Just saying, you know, it'll be good to make a profit for everybody. So Curlin, <laughs> don't start the all, all the you got down days, come back here, start a, a venture capital fund so that we could, a venture capital business, so we could get some great ideas off the ground. Absolutely. That is the plan. That is the, that is the dream. <laughs> so bring back your millions, Curlin. Bring back your millions. All right, guys, you've been listening to Objectively Incorrect. My name is Stephen Smith. You can check us out at Objectively Incorrect, objectivelyincorrect.com. And that's incorrect, I-N-C-O-W-R-E-C-K-E-D which is the incorrect spelling of incorrect. We're also on iTunes. You can check us out there. Or you can check us out on SoundCloud. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. As usual, peace. No gang signs. <laughs> Everyone laughs at that. Baby.